between pages, a memory of times of old when you were here to come and find me, the loving hand I used to Since you passed away, the stars are mine. I travel with the Lord of Time, but I think of you the most, my mother. When autumn leaves. Start to fall. Since you passed away, the stars are mine. Hello and welcome to the Oodcast. Hey, Hello. it's lovely to be back. This is a, a number episode in series five. We've yes. lost track slightly and I can't make the website work. So hooray, it's that one where we review the rings of Akaten. The rings of a kitten. So... Oh, we're yeah. minus, we're minus a Chris today. Yeah, an entire 25% of the Udcast is in Scotland. We're not entirely Chrisless. No, because I'm still here. Hello, I'm Chris Alpha. <laughs> opposite me is, is the husbandless temporarily, Laura Sigma. 
Hello. And also with us is the cute and cuddly, oh, so fluffy because he hasn't shaved, Andy <laughs> Candish. Hello. It's a very, very radio-friendly eyebrow wiggle you do yeah. to go with that. <laughs> Were you just rubbing your beard on your pop shield? Go on, do it. There you go, listeners. That's the sound I'd, of Andy's beard. If I do it as well. Oh, and... Ooh. Yours is yours is more like a wire brush. Yeah, because I haven't shaved for long. Mine sounds slightly smoother than yours. <laughs> well, I'm glad Loz's is the smoothest chinny chin chin of the lot. It does make Thank sense. Thank you, guys. I so, appreciate that. But we're not entirely Chris Sigmalus, though, are we? He's going to be popping up sometime. Yes, I hope so. That would Through be nice. Through the magic of editing. And also... <laughs> um, He's currently not a million miles away from Paisley, which is where the lovely David Tennant is from. Oh, I thought you were going to say where the shirts originated. No, no. Oh. I believe he's actually in Glasgow. 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 Whatever. I hope he's eating some deep fried stuff. Or is that... They don't actually do that anymore, do they? <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> no, probably I'll not. This again, I always manage to offend people when, you know... I do accents, and also I manage to say things which is just, like, wrong. Show me it's a culture that doesn't eat fried stuff. Even the Japanese, who are known for their healthy diets, have a whole section which is just fried stuff. Tempura. That's just is fried that stuff. In for fairness, fried. isn't tempura batter slightly healthier? Than, nah, than... <laughs> it's still deep fried. Come on. <laughs> I'm not arguing. <laughs> it might not be deep fried in cow butter or cow fat, butter. but it's still <laughs> deep fried. In an Akaten operating theatre. Right. What have we got here, nurse? Male patient. In his early 600s. Nasty business. The vigil propelled him face first into a wall and now he needs one of his spleens removed. Uh, am I going to make it, Doc? Of course you are, Mr. Tharg, is it? We'll have that damaged spleen out of you in a jiffy. Nurse, if you wouldn't mind administering the general anaesthetic, I think about 20 mil of melody should do. Certainly, Doctor. This is the anaesthetic song We're sorry your insights are wrong Your future should be much brighter Once we've made you one spleen lighter He's out, Doctor. Excellent! Pass me that space scalpel. By the rings of Akaten. Oh dear, I went home. Where we <clears throat> sang songs. So what did we think of it? Let's let's just do that. I chuffing loved it. I also hey. chuffing loved I adored it. I also chuffing all of that. I, good. I, I loved got it too. really, really emotional. I thought it was brilliant. Admittedly, there were sections of it that I thought were a bit sort of fluffy, perhaps. Mm. But actually... Do you know what? I just reveled in the whole beautiful moving story of the mum and the dad mm. and the fact that the old version of the dad was really hot. I probably wasn't supposed <laughs> you, to be thinking that. It seems that. to me that you're describing the opening sequence, the yes. bit before the title's here. Yes, yeah. the yeah. bit where the husband loses his beautiful, funny, life-saving wife and I'm just watching him at her graveside mm. thinking... He looks hot with grey hair. <laughs> yeah, oh. silver fox. And they you did were, a very great in graveyards. There was oh. a very good backwards aging effect on Jenna Louise Coleman as well. Like, you know, she turned into a very 
good younger version of herself. I don't As mean the child good, actress. Good I mean the, the bit where she was stood <laughs> oh, there in the red coat right, in the, at right. the funeral. And she just looked slightly mm. younger. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's a very good way of, of aging somebody nicely backwards. Just cast a younger child. <laughs> that works. I like that. The, the pre-credit sequence I like because there was a kind of air of mystery about what the doctor was doing there. Yeah. Was he just watching or was he making sure these people found each other? Or was but, he just being a little bit pervy? <laughs> Or does he just like reading the Beano? Hang on. Is the Beano the one with Dan- Dennis the Menace? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's the Dandy is the one with Desperate Dan yeah, with yeah. the cow pie, which I always thought looked disgusting. I mean, yeah, a pie with a nice. tail in it. Ugh. And horns. I mean, if you want to give me a pie made out of beef, I'll happily go there. But you don't stick byproducts in it unless you're McDonald's. And they they not they really renowned pies. for pies, are They're they? They're not so, renowned yeah. for pies. Maybe it's like a Ginster's pie or a Pucker pie or something like that. <laughs> Anyway, and then we had uh, Doctor Who does Moss Eisley, which I thought was brilliant. What? Sorry? Star Wars, oh, the cantina oh, scene. Is that what it's called? Is yes, that what the canteen's what... called? No, no, the canteen is on Moss Eisley. Is oh, it? Of course it is. I just don't remember the names of Star Wars things as much because I'm not as interested. Okay, everyone, stop making prosthetics. I'm calling an emergency meeting. I've just got off the phone with Stephen and it's going to be a busy week for us. We need to create 40 new races of alien for the Prisoner of Azkaban episode or whatever it's called. Can't we just use Jejuna nudes like normal? Yeah, or spray a Silurian purple and call it a bloopy blue blue or something. Nope, they've all got to be new races. Stephen was very clear on that. So we need to move fast. New monster ideas. Judith, what have you got? How about like a big rolling pepper pot thing with like a plunger for a hand and like an eye stalk? Yeah, what you've just described there is in actual fact, Judith, a Dalek. What, really? Yeah. I thought I was demonstrating my creative elan. No, you were demonstrating your ability to look at a picture of a Dalek. Uh, anyone else? How about an alien that has a bum instead of a face and bums for hands and instead of legs, he has bums? Now we're talking, Ralph. That's the kind of out-of-the-box thinking I'm talking about. Come on, let's keep this idea's train rolling. Who's next? How about a kitten in a hat? Love it. And a normal human, but with, like, makeup, like a geezer and a robot arms. Now you're getting it, Judith. I'm seeing a sort of jellyfish in a jar with spikes all over it and a massive bum on the side. Don't overuse the bum motif, Ralph. There's only so many times we can go back to that well. The bum well? Absolutely. Understood, Skipper. How about a guy with six ears? That's too many ears. Two ears? That's just a normal man. Five ears? Perfect. But that's only half a dozen aliens. We need loads more. I need you to work faster. A greengrocer with a giant toenail. A sentient pasty with a laser. Fifteen hamsters sort of squished together so they look like a face. Someone dressed in their pants. A medieval knight in full armour but she's a horse. One of those ones where it looks like they're riding an ostrich but really the ostrich's legs are their legs. A tennis ball sprayed silver. A cardboard cutout of David Cameron. A lizard with a built-in toaster. A woman with a Mohican. A giant cyborg bee. A being of pure energy whose every emotion is expressed in the complex fluctuations of waveforms that make up the visible and invisible spectrums of light. Ethereal, fragile, transcendentally beautiful. Hmm, not sure about that one. And it talks through its bum? Hooray! Genius. There's a quote but, from uh, the walrus and the um, hoojama flipper. 
The walrus and the hoojima flipper. What? The walrus and the carpenter. Really? In the rings of Akaten? Now, my child, the time has come to talk of things. Of oh, Sealing yes. wax and cabbages and kings. Um, yes. When they first land on this, uh, this, this world and start exploring, I was really unsure of what was going to happen because it was very beast below. And it was almost her first adventure away in the future. She meets a small girl. She goes to help the small girl. They get separated from the doctor. Yeah, but and the then... whole atmosphere on the planet was entirely different to the beast below. Oh, absolutely. Below. There was I'm not no sense was, of fear or trepidation. I was slightly worried. And mm. then or sort of from that moment on, mm. I was completely one round spellbound by it i thought it was beautiful i think it, that whole scene yielded a lot of opportunities for background artists or extras <laughs> as i suppose they are known in common parlance and i noticed some wonderful bits where extras clearly were get really getting into their character so there's one scene where the doctor's uh talking to doreen and like ruffling her chin up as you would do with <laughs> Any woman who you happen to come across, it's perfectly fine to just tickle them on the chin. We love that. Another um, one of those life lessons from Lots. That's right. If you spy a woman and she barks at you, <laughs> just tickle her on the chin. She'll love it. Um, behind him, as he's talking about what he's going to put in the magic emotion slot to get the moped. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that. I use that phrase. Uh, you can see a couple of aliens, and one of them is looking at a selection of glasses, which is examining by putting them on its forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so they sort of stick out like a really rubbish see through unicorn horn. And then it puts them down and walks off. So they clearly haven't. That's brilliant. Fulfilled their purpose. Rewind and have a look just for that. I yeah. That. We've seen the future of the Antiques Roadshow right there. <laughs> but talking about Dorin, isn't it interesting that Clara uh, doesn't have access to the TARDIS's translation circuitry? Because all the... <laughs> the Doctor could understand perfectly. And there's yes. other bits where the Doctor converses with aliens, but Clara can't. Yes, you're right. And also the TARDIS won't let her in. Because she is an anomaly. She's like the Captain Jack mm, of the... Exactly. The TARDIS is afraid of her, it would seem. But then we are also then saying that... <clears throat> the Queen of Years and the the other people of her race ah. speak English. I don't know. Well, maybe it's actually more the TARDIS being selective in what they tra- what it translates yeah. for her. Sort of, this is what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. The rest you don't need to hear. This bit I'll tell you. Mm. And I, d- I don't know. That's interesting. Something curious. Well, I mean, Clara is a bit of an enigma, as as we know from the start. And like, as there's that lovely speech where she talks about how she's not. She's not a ghost, but there's all sorts of great character moments and building things for her. Like um, one I noticed in particular is when she walks into the place where Mary is hiding first and there's a clang that comes from somewhere. And Mm. it's a really quite a scary, intimidating atmosphere on the first alien planet she's ever been to. And her eyes kind of go wide in fear. But then you see something change in her face and she steals herself and you get a slight note in the music and you know mm. that there's her coping mes- mechanism that's how she gets over her fear and then later on you find out that that's how she does it from her mum and I really like that it, it just shows how good her performance is and actually how how good I think some of the direction is in this that that, that is what you notice because mm. that could so easily have been done in a very clunky way through dialogue mm. and and they don't need to and I think that's incredibly nicely 
done. There's mm. a, some fantastic performances, even when she's sitting on the stairs. Really loved that. Mm. Oh, right at the start when right the doctor start. arrives. Yeah, and she's there waiting. It's a bit like she's waiting for a date and she doesn't know what to expect. And mm. the doorbell rings and she's like, she goes, yes, I'm going. This is mm. going to be amazing. <laughs> I wanted to say with regard to the um, the whole emotional element of Clara's coping mechanism, of how her mum told her the, how she'd always be there for her, um, also feeds into the theme in the story of how um, emotions and memories and things that have emotional value to people have worth on that planet. Mm. And I thought that was a, a great idea, the idea that you don't exchange money pieces of paper or tokens of exchange as the doctor refers to them in the two doctors (laughs) um you exchange things that are of value to you Mm. which i thought was a lovely idea so i i I was struck by those sort of fantasy fairy tale elements of the story and more than just the leaf there's that there's there's the air between the planets Mm. that you can Mm. breathe when you're traveling between the planets i think that's less fantasy and more suspended disbelief Yes, but I kind of yeah. felt that you don't see that very often in Doctor Who, where you kind of suspend the laws of physics, if you will, no. where there are places what? out there in the are universe... Are you sure they're not written by a mud Well, I just think it's awesome for the TARDIS to go somewhere so completely different mm. from where it usually goes, where us as the audience has to suspend belief uh, to that level. I found that thrilling. Meanwhile, over at Akaten Tech Support... Hi there. Thanks for calling Akaten IT Solutions. Your call is important to us. How can I help you today? It's my laptop. I can't seem to put it into sleep mode. I see. Well, that's no problem. Could you hold your laptop up to the comms panel? Of course. Give me a moment. Okay. Has that done the trick? Every time. You know what you were saying about the uh, things of value? Yes. Did anybody notice that when all the aliens in the uh, sing-along section Mm -hmm. are holding up their things of value, one is holding up a bowl of the crushed fruit substance. Yes, I did notice that. (laughs) So it's a kind of a sentimental fruity dessert. Do you think it's because he's that alien's been in the trade selling that fruit yeah, yeah, for maybe, like maybe. generations, and <laughs> therefore it's the most important thing in its life? When I saw my wife, I was so aroused, I vomited up this fruit salad I'd just eaten into this bowl. Thank you, Lars. And That's now it. I present it to you. The god loves arousal vomit. <laughs> Steady. I wonder, um, speaking of vomit, what all of the different aliens in that eclectic gathering, what they all smell like? Why? I just wonder, because <laughs> they kind of, they Latex. nestle in, they get they get in there, they shuffle in, they get their shoulders in. It must be really hummy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's... Well, dog smell, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And a fish this... with a little breather on it probably does also honk yeah. a bit. Like a sideways half. And all the lives from the different planets, I noticed they had quite similar names, sort of a Lutarian, a Lulupiluli, and <laughs> lots of things with Lou in them. But they didn't look very similar. No. It was a glorious moment for Neil Gorton and his marvellous masks, wasn't it? Yes, Apparently he did a he's brilliant spent job. All those years he's been working on Doctor Who, he's um, been doing these 
extra masks on the side in the hope of using them at some point. And then <laughs> Stephen Moffat said, here's your chance. And so they've all been used in this episode. It's <laughs> absolutely like, delightful. I like that idea. Now, we're, we're going to write this episode where they land on a, on a, a market in a, in a space superhighway. We, we want to, to uh, make sure we use up all of your masks, so make sure you keep all of the things you've been working on. Land it the prosthetics. <laughs> I know I've got 40 different masks to choose from, so I think we'll write a, a story about a alien market and it was also quite gloriously doctor who in the sense that it was mostly studio bound and you could kind of tell it was studio bound well there was that horrible (laughs) the really horrible cgi effect of them on the moped that's the only thing i didn't like about the episode but then i liked it in a kind of retro um, it's like when people drive a car in a hitchhock movie yes Mm. and you can you can Mm -hmm. see the scenery moving around them rather than (laughs) whilst they stop and have a long conversation (laughs) to the other person next to them something that i thought was slightly rubbish about one of the prosthetic bits of work was that they'd gone the whole hog with the um alien dude locked in the glass cabinet and they'd given him evil pointy talons made out of latex which of course meant that he couldn't smack the glass and every time he smacked the glass the talons went all bendy to over to the side i didn't notice that did that actually happen yeah his hands went all squishy so he was kind of having to smack the glass like doing some sort of rudimentary karate chop okay order order i call this meeting of the worlds of akaten to order First item on the agenda, Clara Oswin. How do we thank this human who's saved our entire star system from certain doom? <laughs> I've got this ring I took off her. <laughs> well, it certainly looks nice. How much is it worth? I'm enough to hire a space pedal over a couple of hours. Yes, it is a fine present and totally appropriate for what she's done for us, which was, to reiterate, save billions of lives with a single act of compassion and personal sacrifice. We should also sign a card. Yeah, a card and a ring that until recently she already owned. We are amazing present givers. Well done, everyone. Right, next item on the agenda. What are we going to do now that we don't have light, heat or a breathable atmosphere? Uh, What did we think of little mini Aled Jones? Very, very good. Apparently she's been in other things recently on the telly. She's um, a rising star and I thought a very, very good child actor. The only objection that I had to her was when she said, oh God, instead of oh God. I'm not sure that's what she was actually saying though, because a lot of what she was singing was not not English. I I thought it was, I thought it was more, oh God, oh God. So no, she suddenly. Akarten. Okay. But she did say God rather than God. It's true. And I, that, I took umbrage at that. I did. Creeping Americanization of the English language, perhaps. Well, let's face it, we need to cater to the large slice of the new audience. Something I loved about the episode was when they mentioned that uh, they would like to go to the Lake District because, <laughs> of course, Sigma and I, whilst we were watching this, we were actually in the Lake District. And that very day we had eaten some delicious scones, so therefore we were jolly happy about we were in that. 1927 by any chance? Please say yes. Um, yes, yes, we were. Well, they would have been at one point, just before half past seven. What I really enjoyed about the episode was that it was a fascinating look at faith and religion. And I always think that Doctor Who does those subjects really well. 
um, like, for example, in The Impossible Planet and Full Circle and obviously The Demons. Um, I think that because the Doctor is ultimately the great rational traveller, driven by curiosity and respect for all life and all sort of belief systems... Doctor Who is a really safe place to have those discussions. And I, I just think it does it really well. And there's the scene where the god wakes up and all those people are sort of singing to it and they're in their sort of their sort of rapture and they feel safe in their belief system. And then it all like turns and it's a bit like, you know, suppose what happened, suppose what would happen if the second coming happened tomorrow. Actually, thinking about it, that would be terrifying. Mm. And I, I thought it was a, a, a just a very powerful sort of, just a very powerful kind of look at all of those ideas. I agree. It pulls the best and the worst strands of religion because I found myself thinking when they have the big collective hymn, basically, mm. what opportunities are there in secular life for everybody to get together and sing in praise of something bigger than themselves? Mm. Because it's mm. not football. And it's not really, I mean, like well, there's the proms where is. everybody can join in with that, but that's for a very select group of people. <laughs> I love the last night of the proms. you got national anthems, which occasionally mm. get entered into with a lot of gusto, and that's more about the idea of what your country is and, and patriotism and national pride and things like that. But School assemblies where everybody mumbles it as quietly as possible while still making a noise. But the idea is something a bit more esoteric some sort of emotion or shared concept or idea that appeals to everybody mm. that you can all get together and somehow instinctively everybody knows the words and is in the same space. That's not something that happens very often in secular mm. life. So I sort of, I, I agree. I did pick up on the, the everybody praising something bigger than them together and the effect that has on the, on the, on the people themselves. Uh, but I think the other thing that it, did and it just does this really well and it always does this really well is about it's i don't think it's about religion per se i think it's about the abuse of power and religion yeah holding religion <clears throat> account to the things that yeah. it puts yeah that's what i mean I, I didn't yeah. i wasn't necessarily disagree i just I, I didn't say i didn't think my immediate thought wasn't well this is clearly about faith it's about abusing other people's faith in something do you, do you mean that that's what the god was doing yes mm. uh-huh yeah. yeah yeah i think you're right it's the power of religion and its potential abuses and the fact that followers of a religion see it as something wonderful and mm. something that they can all kind of focus on but there are elements of all religions i guess which are actually pretty scary few spare moments before we pick up Clara again. Where shall we go? Hey, what on earth? Well, not on earth. We're not on earth. What on the space-time vortex is a bit clunky of a catchphrase. Anyway, who could you be? Are you the doctor? Hello, yes, that's me. Come in, come in, tea. I am a class 67C Cretanium issue mechanic spacegram. I have no digestive ability. Righto. Jammy dodger? Uh, cake, maybe. I refer you to my previous answer. Ah, yes. No digestive thingies. Hang on. Did you say you were a space gram? Affirmative. Haven't had one of those for several millennia. Lovely. Uh, does that mean you've got a message for me? Affirmative. Retrieving message. Please wait. Deliverance imperative. Please wait. Your satisfaction is important to my humanoid programmers. Please wait. Blimey. Message retrieved. 
commencing. I seek to address the doctor. To confirm that you are indeed... The doctor. Please press my star key now. All right, where's that? Here. Cheeky. There we are. Doctor, my name is Verilax, Deputy Pyramid Warden of Akaten. The purpose of my message is twofold. First, I wish to express the gratitude of the people of this system for your freeing us of the tyrannical power of a sentient parasitic sun. For that, we are grateful beyond song. Oh, I'm blushing now. Second, I wish to inquire how you plan to replace our sun. Life here is pretty much screwed, Doctor, because you saved us from a menace we neither knew in its full detail or asked for salvation from. We liked the singing. Answer by return, please, Doctor. A self-addressed android is enclosed for your convenience. Message ends. Crikey. Okay. Uh, Two things, my tin friend. First, a short return message as follows. Dear Varilax, it wasn't me, it was her. Love the Doctor. Uh, P.S. A jammy dodger is enclosed for your enjoyment. It won't solve your problem, but everyone loves a biscuit, right? And a second. Ah, yes. Forward yourself to Clara Oswin at this address. There's a good chap. Any message? Yes. Mm, um, How about... Hello, yours, I believe, yours sincerely, etc. A clever boy. What we're really saying is that the huge sun, Akaten, is basically... With its pumpkin face. ...the universe's largest televangelist. Yeah. Give me all your stuff. yes. That's right, yeah. and I'll let you live. Donate $20 to the Lord and I will use it to buy a Rolls Royce. Or, mm, do you know, I, I love, um, can we also say um, about Matt Smith in this episode? Because for me, he was just the top notch mm. of his entire doctorishness. From his, his little moments of, oh, a little semantic boo-boo, to, oh, lordy, lordy, what am I going to do against this great big sun? I have no idea. To his amazing speech of all the things I've seen and done. Which I thought was Which almost Which made me cry. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was almost spoiled by how loud all the music in the background was. Oh, For wow. me, I, didn't notice I thought that. it was a bit of a Brian Cox moment. And no. it, it, I, I found it quite hard to follow the first time I watched it, oh. uh, but I loved it and I loved the intention of the scene. And I loved what he was saying. So shall we sum this up in a, a sentence or a couple of words? What I really loved about this episode was how the dialogue got straight to the heart of the characters, how they were prepared to sacrifice their soul, their memories, the personalities, everything that you can't regenerate. So it was the Doctor in a space where he's very emotionally vulnerable. It was a really brave step for the second, uh, the second episode of the series, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was powerful storytelling, beautiful storytelling. I think that... It was a wonderful, wonderful, oddball episode that I just loved. Uh, much the same, although I th- I love particularly the way that it was words and feelings and stories that provided the solution. And particularly in this year, uh, the theme of remembrance, which really was the, the reason that Clara was able to do what she did, I think. Um, I have a haiku. Oh, lovely, let's hear it. it. Okay, the rings of Akaten haiku. No phantom menace, just sleeping ones to defeat. She leaves her story. See, a reference and a pun, I promised. Very Very clever. Very clever.
Hello. Hello. What's your name? Um, Michael Flint. Is that your full name? Yeah. What do, do, I like to call you Ethan Michael Flint. Yeah. What are you eating? Pass. That looks delicious. Can I have a bite? Yeah. Thank you. So, Ethan. What is your favourite television programme? Doctor Who. And what do the Cybermen say? Um, That's great. And who was the star of last week's show? King of Ears. Very good. And can you tell me the name of the Doctor's companion? Clara Oswin. Clara Oswin. Do you think she's pretty? Yeah. Good. Now let's sing the theme tune together. Very good. Say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, and here we Very good. Bye. Well, I'm ready to clock off for the evening. Yes, me too. Let's do that. Oh, but I'm having fun. Well, you can always talk to yourself. I, yes. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> I'm the only one that understands what I'm talking about. No argument here. Okay, well, I guess that's uh, where we should say goodbye then. We'll see you next week. Uh, so goodbye from me, Chris Alpha. It's goodbye from me, Andy. Have a lovely week. Yes. Have a lovely week, you lovely listeners. <laughs> yes. Toodle pip. It's a red, bright red planetoid. And I sing so that
Give me a moment. Wait a minute. How did you do that? I pressed the snooze button. I thought you were going to sing to it. No. Why would I do that? It just seemed consistent with the rule of three. I think you need more sleep. <laughs> 